Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Rogers, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in the wonderful year of 2004. We now, for over a decade, have been providing information, support, and resources to individuals who are looking for natural options to find relief from whatever symptoms they might be experiencing that are associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. We've now run and aired 230 different radio show interviews with experts across the globe. I have another such a remarkable individual today who is going to be talking about his experience with ketones and Parkinson's disease. Bill Curtis, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on the radio show today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, so tell us all about yourself, Bill. Okay. Well, I'm not that interesting. I'm a uh, 62-year-old. I live in Maryland, and uh, I have a wife and three children, and uh, they're actually more remarkable than I am. But uh, um, So I've also had uh, Parkinson's since uh, I was 45, and it started in the year 2000, so it's pretty easy for me to remember uh, how long I've had Parkinson's, and uh, that's about all I can come up with off the top of my head. <laughs> now, it's been a while since you've experienced Parkinson's symptoms. How did Parkinson's affect your life? Well, I remember back in 2000, I uh, was uh, sailing in a boat with my wife in a little and I started to feel the boat shake under me, and that was unusual, and uh, I started having balance problems, keeping the boat up, and I remember uh, pouring from a two-liter bottle, and my right hand would shake, and... uh, then uh, I pretty much ignored all these things until about 2004. And then my right arm had stopped moving. I couldn't remember a whole phone number. If someone said their phone number, I couldn't just write it down. Or if I was calling someone, I couldn't read a phone number and then call it. I'd have to go one number at a time. My gait had changed, and I started doing something called micrographia, where the printing that I was writing was extremely small. And I had used engineering notebooks in my career, and I started to look back at some of the old entries, and I realized that I wasn't writing as coherently, and the the uh, everything had totally changed. It was as if I was reverting back to uh, being in elementary school or something. And uh, I got quite concerned and went in to see a doctor and actually told her that I had Parkinson's. She agreed. And uh, I was told, well, the good news is you'll have about 10 years before you uh, really get serious problems. And, uh, And... 
in by 2012 I was completely disabled, couldn't drive, couldn't write, and uh, couldn't even remember my phone number or what division I was working in or my login ID, and I sort of had to quit work and just uh, go on disability. And that's pretty much the story of how it, you know, affected me negatively. The focus of our discussion today is about ketones. What led you to experiment with ketosis? Well, in 2006, I'd say, my dad, you know how everybody uh, reads whatever's on the Internet and sends it to you. My dad sent me a uh, paper by Ted Van Italy, who had written about his small trial with the ketogenic diet. And I thought at the time that it was a very small trial and that diet sounded terrible to follow, so I didn't uh, do anything with it. But it put ketones in the back of my mind, and I had um, been sort of a nerd in uh, college. I uh, remember when I took biochemistry, uh, when they were handing out the papers, um, the teaching assistant told me that I was the first one from this professor to ever get a hundred and um so I I sort of knew quite a bit about biochemistry. And um I was in an exercise program that was sponsored by Michael J. Fox that was to do research on exercise and uh that's rather difficult research to do but uh I'm glad my doctor did it. This was the same one that I told I had Parkinson's, and she agreed with me. And um, But in this exercise program, I didn't really feel like I was making any great life changes. Uh, I could walk a little further, and my gait improved some. And I started to think about what kind of exercise could really make a difference, because uh, um, I had also been a a weightlifter most of my life and uh, got to the point where I could squat 750 pounds four times and so I knew what elite training routines were and uh, there's quite a science behind all that and I thought well what what about exercise could make the mind more intelligent or affect Parkinson's and i thought about it and I decided well I'm going to try fasting overnight and then exercise in the morning after my uh, glycogen has gone down and see what that does so I tried it and uh, the fasting overnight allows you to use up your glycogen and then if you exercise for about uh, half an hour, you uh, start to create ketones. And the effect that this had on me was it uh, totally got rid of a problem that I was having with fatigue. And it also affected many other symptoms of Parkinson's. Um 
let's see. So uh, one thing that I did to try and confirm this was to uh, take a Gatorade drink that was filled with sugar, and it totally negated the effect. So I was pretty pleased that um, I was able to do that. My wife was fascinated by all the improvement, and one day she came to me and said, why is your magic exercise not working anymore? And I told her that I was taking the glucose to um, prove that it was actually ketosis that was working. And she got very upset with me and told me that she liked the uh, person that I was with the ketones and the exercise and not the person that was doing this little science experiment and told me to stop. <laughs> so um, that's that's what started me on uh, ketosis. But I, I had some interesting uh, things happen. I wanted to see if it would work for other people. And I had a friend who could do a thousand sit-ups and I knew he'd had Parkinson's a little longer than me, and I told him about it and asked him to uh, fast overnight and exercise in the morning and see if that helped. And he said, no, it didn't do a thing. And uh, I told the uh, exercise physiologists about it who were working with Dr. Shulman on this Michael J. Fox uh, experiment, and they said, well... You could never tell that to other Parkinson's patients because you just can't fast overnight and then go exercise. There's too much risk of falling. And then I also contacted someone who was listed as the uh, sort of the biochemist behind the understanding of ketones. That was Dr. Richard Veach. And I guess because uh, I was literate in biochemistry and was working on something that he had an interest in. He responded to my emails, and we traded emails for quite a while about uh, how um, I was able to uh, do this ketogenic type of exercise. And um, I asked him why he thought it didn't work on this other person who could do a thousand sit-ups and he told me he sent me some papers that showed that the more fit people don't produce ketones the way a couch potato would and this was also something I discovered I I remember exercising every day for at least a year without fail because the uh, the symptoms were improved so much, and I found out that uh, once I got in shape, it didn't seem to work as well either. So uh, that was my first experiment with ketosis, and I'll let you ask another question. This is Robert Rogers. I'm the host of Parkinson's Recovery Radio. My guest today is Bill Curtis. So, Bill, after the ketogenic exercise that you just discussed, what did you do to find out more about how ketosis could help your Parkinson's symptoms? 
Well, I had another sort of a, a transformational experience where um, I was I had become an acquaintance of Dr. Veach and uh, was sitting in his lab one day when an email arrived and it talked about uh, this coffee that people were drinking that had three tablespoons of fat from uh, cream, three tablespoons of butter, and a tablespoon of coconut oil, and you would fast overnight just like I had with the exercise. And you would uh, drink this with coffee. And we were tossing around ideas. He has a uh, exogenous ketone that people can take. And um, we wanted to f- come up with some ideas of how to test this in humans. And I was proposing that we test it in uh, Parkinson's patients who had fatigue because of my experience with the uh, exercise. And I was expecting that perhaps I would uh, be able to show that I wasn't as fatigued. And that was pretty much all I was expecting. So I wrote up an experimental design where I listed all my symptoms. And by then, I had uh, bradykinesia, dystonia, my toes would uh, wrap over each other and uh, I had pretty serious uh, uh, pain in my feet and uh, uh, I had pain in my back that would that I I related just to Parkinson's because when I was on the pain wouldn't be present but when I was off the pain was there and I uh, couldn't think straight just had a lot of symptoms that I wrote down and I asked the question in the past hour have I had this symptom and I had so I had a table of all these symptoms for the day and the very first day that I took the coffee in the morning after fasting all night I started to write down whether I felt all these symptoms in the past hour and I got to the end of the day and I looked back on it and I said wow I've not felt any of these symptoms except for dyskinesia. And that was just amazing because um, I think that my off time was about the uh, time during the day. So I would only be on for maybe an hour or so in the morning. And here was something that just a drink of coffee that... uh, uh, sort of made all my symptoms go away except for dyskinesia. And then um, I kept doing this, and I found that uh, if I would eat too much carbohydrate during the day, it would kick me out of uh, ketosis, and all my symptoms would come back, and I couldn't do anything about it until I'd fasted overnight again. So if I lost that edge, it was all over for the day. And uh, I also found that too much protein would do the same thing as uh, too much carbohydrates. And I have a uh, nutritionist 
Miriam Kalamian, who told me that the reason that for that is that protein actually makes sugar. So you have to watch out for that as well. Um, so I sort of stumbled into this uh, rather amazing... Um, way for me to uh, treat Parkinson's, at least for myself, and uh, found it uh, rather surprising and uh, really couldn't believe how well it worked. So... Now, you made reference to fasting uh, several times here in our discussion. What is, then, the purpose of fasting? Well, a ketogenic diet is just too much fat for adults to handle. And you can be ketogenic without having a terrible diet if you do the uh the fasting and eat in a in only a 6 hour window so i eat two meals a day and i also have uh this coffee for breakfast and i don't count that as breaking the fast because all i have in that is fat and your body goes through several stages until it gets to the point that it makes ketones and if you fast overnight and extend that to say lunchtime it really simplifies the uh, ability of your liver to go into ketosis um, it just um, makes quite a difference and I have told a lot of people about ketogenic diets and it's surprising that almost everyone who figures out something that works for them that has Parkinson's uses this uh, intermittent fasting where they fast for at least 12 to 18 hours a day. Um, I think that... Uh, People with Parkinson's, at least for me, since I, if I eat protein, I, the symptoms reappear. If I eat too much carbohydrates, the symptoms reappear. We have a feedback mechanism that other people with neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's don't have. So we can sort of um, figure out using our own response what works and it's been quite amazing that in um, all these people who've gone off and tried to figure things out on their own, they, they all pretty much come back with the need for the uh, 12 to 18 hour fast. So could you summarize for listeners what then is exactly the purpose of the morning uh, fat and coffee mixture? Well, um, your body 
can use your liver to make ketones. There's two foods that the brain can use. One is uh, glucose and the other is ketones. It can't run on uh, fats because fats don't cross the blood-brain barrier, at least not the longer chain fatty acids. Uh, Some of the short ones do. But your brain basically has the choice of glucose or eating. You can make glucose out of amino acids, but if you eat this uh, fat, it really kickstarts your um, production of ketones. And uh, I mentioned that it's very, very difficult to actually go into ketosis when you're uh, trying to do it with a calorie restriction or very high fats. So the morning coffee timed after the long fast really helps to kickstart things without um, having to do an extreme diet. Now, you mentioned an issue when you resorted to eating carbohydrates. What exactly happens when you eat too much carbohydrates? Well, I think the liver can only run in one direction at a time. And your liver can either make ketones or it can make glucose. And, or, um, actually, it can either... So anyway... Um, when you eat carbohydrates, it turns off the production of uh, ketones. And uh, that's something that you don't want to have happen. And so what about protein? What happens when you eat too much protein? Well, there are about... There are a number of amino acids, and they uh, can be used by the liver to make proteins, or they can be used, a couple of them can be used by the liver to make ketones. But primarily, if you eat too much protein, uh, you want to get an amount of protein about the size of a deck of cards with, with each of your two meals. But if you eat more than that, um, I remember going to see my doctor, and I was real impressed with my uh, ketogenic strategies. And I was unaware of the protein issue, and I ate uh, steak, salmon, and chicken at a buffet. And I went up to see my neurologist hoping to demonstrate how well this stuff worked and I just had a terrible evaluation. I was shaking and couldn't concentrate. And the problem was that I had eaten all that protein. And uh, so a lot of people think that a ketogenic diet is like an Atkins diet where you can eat all the protein you want. Um, That's definitely not true because protein turns into sugar when you eat too much of it.
can exercise take you out of ketosis? Well, I, I originally used exercise to um, make myself go into ketosis, but I've also realized that uh, since I've started this, that um, if I did something like go into lift weights, and when you lift weights, you want to uh, work to exhaustion so that you um, build more muscle. But one thing that happens is you uh, use the muscles anaerobically and you develop lactic acid and lactic acid can um, stay in the muscles for a day or so and I noticed that after I had exercised lifted weights the uh, ketogenesis stuff that I was doing the fasting overnight, the coffee in the morning just didn't work and what I determined to be the cause of that was this thing called the Cori cycle, where the lactic acid in your muscles gets exported to the blood and taken into the liver, and the liver turns it into glucose, and then it's reused by the muscles for energy. That's what they call the Cori cycle. So exercise can take you out of ketosis, if you do too much anaerobic work. And what I found really helps with that is um, taking this ester that Dr. Veach developed, which is uh, a combination of uh, the beta-hydroxybutyrate and an alcohol 1,3-butanediol that when it goes into your liver is converted to 1,3-butanediol by alcohol dehydrogenase. Now, when I talk to people about that, my wife tells me that you shouldn't explain biochemistry to people because they always shake their heads yes as if uh, they understood and they're being polite, and then you keep going. So I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) My guest today is Bill Curtis. This is Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. You're listening to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network, Parkinson's Recovery is focused and dedicated to provide information and to support to individuals who currently experience symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Well, Bill, what about stress? Can stress take you out of ketosis? Yes, just like the exercise where I was finding that the uh, lactic acid was the enemy of ketosis, stress generates a fight or flight response and it uh you you want to have glucose in your um blood when you're going to fight or flight and uh so stress is another problem and stress can be simply watching a basketball game or driving or working so um the uh the the magic that happens when you're in ketosis can go away rather quickly when you're under stress. Uh, I've gotten letters from people saying, you know, it worked, it was like magic, but then uh, uh, my 
friend who's doing this ran into a stressful situation and everything fell apart. And um, what I find works there is, again, to take the ketone ester because it uh, seems to provide a buffer against going out of ketosis. Um, So exercise, stress, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to take an exogenous ketone just to keep you uh, functioning. What supplements do you currently take to support ketosis, Bill? Well, with regard to supplements, um, I think there's two that are safe and uh, effective. One is a uh, salt of beta-hydroxybutyrate, and the other is this ketone ester. And when you take the salt version... Uh, you can't get a, a very large amount of it because um, you're limited by how much salt, how much uh, of the acid you can take because um, if you gave too much of it, you'd have to have too much sodium or, or potassium or calcium or some counter ion. And the other thing about these um, uh, ketone salts is that they are racemic mixtures. In other words, half of the um, material is active ingredient and half of it is the wrong form. And this goes into some chemistry. But uh, So what you want is the, the non-racemic type Pardon me. And prove it has a formula that is um, non-racemic. They call it Keto Max. So I think that's that's a good deal, and it's expensive. It costs not quite double what the non-racemic is, but you have to remember that you're getting 100% active ingredient, whereas in the other ones you're only getting 50% active ingredient. So the the cost per active ingredient of the uh, max keto max products is actually less on a per active ingredient basis than the uh, non than the racemic mixtures are. So um, those are the two that I would say, based on what I know about it, are safe and effective. Bill Curtis, what do you think is causing the improvement in your Parkinson's symptoms? Well, I've talked at great length with Dr. Veach about this, and uh, Dr. Veach is a student of Hans Krebs, and he um, what he really did was uh, use... Uh, Gibbs and Nernst, and uh, he measures chemical potentials in the mitochondria, and he primarily found that uh, a compound called NADPH 
which is sort of like your cell's battery. A lot of people are familiar with ATP because it's used in muscles and sodium uh, potassium pumps. But there's this other chemical called NADPH that in the cytosol is more like your cell's battery. And it's used to uh, clear reactive oxygen species and reactive nitrogen species. It turns out that every time you have to um, get rid of a uh, reactive nitrogen species or reactive oxygen species with vitamin C or glutathione or with vitamin E, the... uh, the antioxidant has to be refreshed to make it active again. And it gets that uh, refreshing from NADPH. And also, NADPH controls another compound called BH4, tetrahydrobiopterin. And that is tied to at least six neurotransmitters in that you need the tetrahydrobiopterin to synthesize them. So those are just two mechanisms, but there's probably another uh, dozen or so. But uh, I think that it's uh, changing the population of your mitochondria and providing some neurotransmitters that are missing uh, in advanced Parkinson's. And... There have been uh, two small trials with the ketogenic diet, and I count myself as another uh, example that I trust scientifically. And if you look at the people who improved or did not improve with a ketogenic diet, the four that have... um, Universal Parkinson's disease rating scales of 50 or higher actually improved the most. They improved an average of 53%, which is if you were to ask a a specialist in Parkinson's, have you ever heard of something that improves the most severe cases of Parkinson's by 53%, uh, they might say, No, or they might say, well, there are uh, a lot of powerful placebo effects in Parkinson's. I don't know. It's just something that uh, they might not really have any experience with, but uh, that's the level of uh, effectiveness in at least these four people. And it would really be nice to uh, get a clinical trial together and find out if it works in other people with advanced Parkinson's. Bill, have you been able to cut back on the Parkinson's medications that you currently take? Uh, No, that's an interesting thing. I haven't been able to. Um, And I found it quite fascinating. There were two studies done on patients with a ketogenic diet. One of them showed that uh, 43, everyone improved and the average was 43%. The other one showed uh, 
eight improved, five did not improve. And they also did something which I don't really understand, but they they stopped taking their Parkinson's meds for at least 12 hours before they measured the effect of the diet. And that would just be disastrous for me if I stopped taking meds. So um, I don't think that this is uh, a cure because I haven't been able to stop any of my meds. And uh, the only thing that I have been able to do is cut back a little bit on a new pro patch that I wear or Comptan, and I do that to try to get rid of dyskinesia, which was the only symptom that didn't go away. But it has improved as I've dropped back on those two uh, drugs just occasionally. I'll take a holiday from one out of five uh, Comptans during the day, or I'll stretch the new Pro Patch a little bit. But uh, I would say that it's important to realize that you still have to take your Parkinson's medications. What do you think is actually going on as far as the disease progression you personally are experiencing? Well, I've been doing this for a good two two years now, and I don't see any progression in myself. Um, now, does that mean that it stopped progressing? I don't know. I hope so. But uh, um, I think that the population of mitochondria, there's some reasons that are somewhat complex, but uh, I think I have a healthier population of mitochondria in my dopaminergic neurons. And I definitely see a great improvement in my ability to think and write and process things. And uh, I'm getting much better in the mental area, but I'm still fragile. And there's an interesting... Uh, study going on now where they've discovered that uric acid correlates with slowing the progression of the disease and also slowing the onset of the disease. And what I knew about uric acid was that when you are ketogenic, your uric acid goes way up. So it got me to ask the question, well, is it the uric acid that is causing the uh, these people to not get the disease as fast and also to improve and slow down the progression? Or is it uh, that people with uh, ketosis are having high uric acid levels? And that's what the uh, epidemiologists have picked up and uh, it's an interesting question. There's very good people working on the uric acid, and there are um, there's some very valid reasons for thinking that uric acid might be the uh, cause. It uh, it is an antioxidant, and it also chelates iron. But uh, it would be interesting to study to see if uh, 
ketosis can alter the course and maybe prevent Parkinson's. Where do you think the use of ketosis and Parkinson's is going? Well, it would be very nice if we could have uh, clinical trials. Uh, I struggle with uh, trying to convince people to do it myself because I'm not a doctor and I don't think that it's right for me to say, here, go try this. Um, What I do think is if people want to know what I've done, I'm happy to tell them and I'm happy to point them to a doctor who is uh, capable of taking care of their uh, Parkinson's from an evidence-based or or even from... uh, There there are many styles of doctors and there's a lot of good results, but uh, I think it's very important to... uh, work with your doctor and not just go out and try this yourself. Um, but ideally, uh, if clinical trials could be done and we find out what's going on and how to do this safely, that would be uh, a dream for me. Bill Curtis, how can listeners get in touch with you? Well, I put up a website or I've had people put up a website for me called uh, The Fourth Food Group. And uh, I mentioned my uh, nutrition, certified nutrition specialist, Miriam. Miriam has uh, some information there for doctors who are um, contemplating helping you. And... uh, there are some ways to uh, log in. There's sort of a uh, what I hoped would become a community of users who are trying to learn and help each other with this. And that's called the Fourth Food Group. FourthFoodGroup.com. That website then is actually four words joined together. The words the fourthfoodgroup.com, and I'll spell it for listeners, T-H-E-F-O-U-R-T-H-F-O-O-D-G-R-O-U-P dot c o m well curtis you've offered so much wonderful insights to listeners about your own experience with uh, ketones what is the one thing that you would like listeners to remember about our discussion today well um i can't think of one thing but uh i did want to say that on the pictures that you see, when you see the pizza, that's uh, not a normal pizza crust. That's a special um, pizza crust made from cauliflower. And uh, I just hope that all the people with uh, Parkinson's get a chance to make a decision about this and 
It's really my hope that uh, people would find something that changes the course of their Parkinson's. I don't know if this is it, but uh, I wish them all well. And in particular, there are some listeners who have been newly diagnosed with Parkinson's symptoms. Is there any wisdom you'd like to share with those listeners? Well, if this does turn out to be neuroprotective, it may be of use. But uh, the data seems to say that it works best in people with advanced Parkinson's. And um, so I can't really based on science, recommend it, but based on my sort of uh, um, theories, I would say that if it is neuroprotective, then you might try it. But uh, really what's going to keep you going is when you get to the point where it it is something that you think you can't live without because it makes such a difference. Bill Curtis, we've been talking uh, now for several years about uh, making an opportunity for you to be a guest on the show, and I'm just so excited and pleased that we finally were able to arrange a time to make this happen. Thank you so much speaking Thank you, on behalf Robert. of of the hearts of our thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery to uh, take the time to be a guest on the show today. Thank you. Well, you're most welcome, Bill. Now, Bill Curtis has mentioned there is now being produced an exogenous ketone ester, and there are also some salts and there are many, many different companies, many different uh, products out there that uh, can be considered and evaluated. Um, I've spent uh, now the last couple of weeks spending quite a bit of time trying to chase down the companies, the products, uh, talking with various uh, sources, and we'll be discussing in some detail the choices that are available to you that you could talk with your doctor about. And I'll be discussing that in a separate program coming up this week. So uh, you'll get no Notice about that if you have signed up for the Parkinson's Recovery Newsletter. Of course, that's free. And, of course, the program is free as well. And if you don't, we'll certainly post an announcement on the blog of the link to that particular free program. So be sure to look for that if you're interested, again, in doing more than just the coffee cocktail and fasting overnight and are looking for an extra boost uh, to the ketones uh, using this uh, brand-new exogenous ketone ester that's literally now being uh, produced and is available for pre-sale from several companies. Uh, I'll be discussing all the details on what I've learned from discussing the uh, founders of those companies and and what they have taught me uh, about the availability of this brand-new particular product. So we've got exciting news for everyone coming up and obviously exciting news from Bill Curtis about his experience with a ketogenic uh, diet and exercise and salts and the exogenous ketone ester. So that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound. This is Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery. And the Puget Sound happens to be where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all of the children are truly loved. 
Know that by virtue of the fact that you have been listening to this radio show program interview today with Bill Curtis, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. Thanks so much for joining me today. We look forward to connecting with you for the next amazing interview on Parkinson's Recovery Radio. Good day.